Hi, my name is Lindsay Bailey, and I'm the Injury Prevention Coordinator for the UNC Trauma Center in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and you're listening to Staying Safe While Social Distancing. Hi, welcome to the second part of our Elder Abuse Prevention episode. This interview is from Kathy Dowd, who is actually an audiologist, and she responded to a request I put out to some of my network about elder abuse and who I could interview on this important topic. And she responded immediately with enthusiasm and wanted to to share a little bit about some parts of elderly abuse that we don't really think about. Um, The physical aspect, of course, was covered a little bit in more detail by Laura in the first part of this episode. But Kathy gave a little bit more information about how things such as hearing loss or vision loss or cognitive issues can really play into the neglect aspects of elderly abuse, or how the frustration levels um, of those who are their caretakers when there are problems such as that can lead to elderly abuse. So this is another uh, really eye-opening interview. And I hope that Kathy's perspective as an audiologist will shed some light on a less recognizable form of abuse. So with that said, um, please enjoy the episode and take what you can from it. And I hope that you'll also listen to part one of this episode with Laura from the Department of Health and Human Services in North Carolina, which you can find in a link to this episode as well. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening today to the Staying Safe While Social Distancing podcast from UNC Trauma Center. For more injury prevention tips, please visit tarheeltrauma.org. We're going to be talking to Kathy this afternoon about some of her experience in the realm of elder abuse. Hi, Kathy. How are you? Oh, just fine, Lindsay. Excellent. Well, can you just start off by telling us a little bit about your background and how you sort of got involved in elder abuse issues and became aware of um, that issue, that problem? Well, I have been an audiologist for 41 years, so I see a lot of people who are misunderstood, um, whose family misunderstands them. But I think when I first became aware of the problem of elder abuse was when I was a young girl and I grew up in Elon College, and there was an old man, older man living uh, one street over with his family and grandkids, and discovered that he started having bruises and he seemed to be walking somewhat erratically around the neighborhood. And it turns out that the family was bullying him. I guess the grandkids were. So our parents and neighboring parents were very worried and and reported him. Uh, So that was probably my first uh, incident. It's so hard to hear stories like that. Yeah. And as an audiologist, I think there's just so much misunderstanding when somebody has a hearing problem that, uh, you know, you're trying to figure out what the problem is. An interesting thing sometimes is people will pretend to have a problem when really there's something else going on. We have a way that we can tell when we're doing a hearing test if somebody is faking it. But in my mind, if they're faking it, it's kind of a cry for help. So I I look for that and then talk a little bit more about what's going on with them when we're finished. 
That makes sense. Can you give me like an example of something that they would be getting a, giving a cry for help for? So you think it might be like if they are being abused? Well, um, I think when people don't hear well, they don't think they don't hear well. There's this thing called anosognosia, the inability to know that you have a sensory impairment, whether it's vision or hearing or uh, anything else, so um, or a mental problem. So the person with a hearing problem thinks they hear fine. They just think everybody else has the problem. So there, it creates a lot of tension in the household uh, where the family members know they have to raise their voices for the person to hear them. But as they raise their voices, you get a strident tone in your voice, and the person with the hearing loss hears that and feels like it's abusive, and then they lash out. So, it, you know, it kind of can devolve the relationship uh, when there's a hearing problem. Uh, so, there's, you know, there's other examples, though, just in my work in going into nursing homes. Um, it's interesting that even sometimes the nursing home staff does not recognize that there's a hearing problem. They feel like the person has a cognitive problem, like they have end-stage dementia. And one example of this was in a nursing home when I walked in with another lady, and she was going to interview the residents there. And one lady was sitting over by the window. This was at 10.15 in the morning. And um, she had nothing on her tray next to the bed. The other lady in her room, because they shared a room, had a breakfast tray. And she was bedridden. But this lady was sitting on the side of her bed. So I watched the lady I was with go over and start talking to her. And she asked her a few questions. The lady just looked at her and didn't say anything. And after a couple minutes, the lady I was with was a little frustrated and said, oh, Miss Smith is having a bad day. Uh, so then we went over to the other lady and started talking to her. But before we left, I said, do you mind if I go back over to Miss Smith and talk to her? She said, no, no, go ahead. So I went over, and I got about two inches from her ear, and I hollered at her, hi, Miss Smith, how are you doing today? And she looked up at me like she was surprised, and she said, I'm fine, but I'm hungry. I said, did you get breakfast? She said, no, I didn't get breakfast. Of course, I'm yelling all the time. Uh, she said, I didn't get any breakfast. So I looked back at the lady I was with, and she said, oh, my God, I had no idea. And she said, I'll tell her that I'll get the CNA to bring her a breakfast tray. So I yelled back at her, we're going to get you some breakfast. But this is um, a type of neglect or abuse mm -hmm. because it's an unrecognized hearing problem. So it's perceived as a cognitive problem when, in fact, the person just can't hear you. Um, sure. And that, honestly, that kind of, you just covered my next question. I was going to ask you how, you know, unrecognizable disabilities like hearing loss or, you know, a mental um, issue could be contributing to elderly abuse, but I think you just kind of covered it. Is there anything you want to add to that? Well, I think when you're looking at whether there's um, elderly abuse, you're going to look for verbal signs. You know, is there a lot of yelling or anger? Are they being threatened? Um, 
you know, so you may or may not see that. Um, but if you do, that raises a red flag. Again, are they yelling, though, because the person can't hear, and that just means the person needs to have their hearing checked and corrected. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like you're angry when you have to raise your voice, unfortunately. So, you know, the two distinguishing between yelling and anger versus yelling because the person can't hear, you know, you don't know. Uh, I'm assuming everybody has their hearing checked once a year when they get older. Um, and the other thing, and you and I are both on the Falls Coalition in North Carolina, the physical signs that you might see, like bruising on the body, you know, right. could be physical abuse, elderly abuse. But then again, has that person fallen? Uh, you have to ask the question, did you fall down? Is that why you got bruised? You know, some of the chronic diseases like diabetes, cardiovascular um, disease increases the risk of falls because you may have vestibular effects or you lose the sensation in your feet or you're losing your vision. So it takes somebody with some know-how to determine, you know, is that bruising because you fell or because somebody has abused you? Uh, And then the mental signs would be depression, anxiety, weeping, um, feeling isolated, and the person seems afraid to say why. Ah, okay. So there's a there's a bit of fear. Um, they don't want to. They it's so. I'm gathering that it's uncommon that a an, a person that's being abused would outright say to a family member who might be visiting them, you know, my nurse is has been abusing me, or they're not will, usually willing to share that kind of information. Oh, no, 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 they don't want to because there's retribution. If somebody, if a staff member knows that they've been reported, uh, it may take a day or two for somebody to get out there. And, you know, they, they don't want, they don't want to get anybody in trouble because it comes back at them. So yes, there is fear and they understand that. That makes sense. So you covered some of the signs of abuse, physical and otherwise. Are there any resources you might recommend for um, someone who might suspect that their elderly loved one is being abused or um, is just wanting to make sure that they know other, you know, types of signs? What would be a good place to to point them um, for more information? Well, I think the best place to start is the local Department of Social Services in the county uh, if the person is independent living. because they are trained to go in and uh, talk with a person and recognize the signs. So that would be the first um, group that I would go to. Um, And they can also bring in medical personnel if they feel like they need a little bit more knowledge about what's going on. And then if you're in a nursing home or assisted living, you do have the ombudsman program and There is a sign in the front of every assisted living and skilled nursing facility that has the contact information for the ombudsman program. So if you have concerns and you can't figure it out yourself, then it's important to bring in the ombudsman because they are trained in this. And again, um, 
if they're not sure, they can bring in medical staff to determine uh, what's going on and what needs to happen for this person. I see. All right. Well, that is excellent advice. Is there anything else you'd like to add about, um, you know, from your perspective as an audiologist or from just from your perspective as someone who works with older people? Well, um, and also as an older person myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> since I'm now sure. 70, um, <laughs> I think the most important thing is make sure older family members have their vision, their hearing, and their health checked regularly. Um, in old age, the hearing and vision and health can change very rapidly. If they have diabetes out of control, then suddenly they may lose part of their vision and their mm-hmm. hearing may deteriorate. Uh, if they have arthritis, then they have pain issues that may make them uh, very ill-tempered, which may bring on somebody doing something to them because they feel like they have to control them. So I think as a family member, it's important to make sure your older family members have vision, hearing, and health checked regularly. Um, and just know that a hearing loss is an invisible handicap. The person themselves does not realize is if there is a hearing problem. Um, so you need to go to an audiologist and have it checked. Uh, and the audiologist can then show you, a family member should always go with an elderly person to have their hearing checked uh, because you wanna understand the test results mm-hmm. and what that means for this person there's a possibility that hearing aids will help tremendously. And then on the other hand, there's a possibility that hearing aids won't help. But Mm -hmm. it all depends on what the test results show. Um, So, and just to reiterate, report or call when you see a problem. You know, don't worry about having somebody come in and check on this person especially from social services or the ombudsman program because they are mm-hmm. trained to assess mm-hmm. and make recommendations for the person that you feel might be experiencing abuse. All right. Well, no, that's, thank you so much for that information. I really think, I hope that, you know, um, this will absolutely get to someone who needs that information. And I really, really appreciate your time, Kathy. Um, thank you so much for being here. And I hope to talk to you soon. Oh, thanks so much for having me on, Lindsay. All right. Bye-bye.